time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Career dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a Wednesday, Paul's in the studio and I've got my England shirt on. And Paul, you've got the same colour, navy inside it looks well, like. Well, I told you to wear navy because yep. I was wearing navy today and you did. We colour coordinated perfectly. I know, Paul, you're not too much into the England team. I don't care. <laughs> will, will you even care if we if we win it Euro 2020? No, not I, I support Korea. I've been in Korea for 21 years now. I'm, I'm a red devil through oh and through. Goodness. So when they played in 2012 do you remember that in the london olympics who career in england yeah were you cheering for career of course 100 percent. yeah <laughs> all the way i do find it a bit of a conflict when they play one another i'm still not quite like in total careers camp i can't say that wow I'm you half, disappoint half. me i'm torn are you allowed to be on Adidang if you don't support korea i bought a korean football <laughs> shirt the other day you're not wearing it today though are you but, but for this purpose because i thought if i wear oh, the to english fake it. shirt to no, fake it no if i wear the english shirt one day I'm going to have to wear the Korean shirt the next day. So tomorrow, tune in, Paul. You get on the YouTube chat and say... I'm busy tomorrow. Well done, Peter. I've got things to do. Priorities, sir. Today we're doing poetry. We haven't done poetry for a while. It's been about a month. Um, but I think it's worth it once a month or so to look at a piece of poetry because we can learn so much about Korean culture and Korean traditions and, well, Korean life from poetry. And I've got a great book. Because okay. you know what today is. Today, the last day of June. In the opening, we said it was the last day of the month where, in June, apparently, it's all about war veterans and yeah. stuff. But is it something else? Well, we're at the halfway point of the year. Oh, yes. The end of June means exactly. slap bang in the middle. Yeah, we're slap bang in the middle. Tomorrow, July 1st, is sort of the start of the second half of the year. So oh. it feels like a good point to... I don't know, reflect on our lives and philosophize and so on. So, Do you I, know what would be great? What? If, if these are not poems in the traditional sense but football chant poems that would be fantastic peter can you focus on the segment please? for the red devils no no there's not peter is it? peter <laughs> I'm, every I'm wednesday every wednesday 10 to 11 what okay. do we talk about books korean literature thank you poetry. not football all right get what, in the zone what is the title of the book okay it's called herul ore barabwata I gave the sun a long look by E. Young-wang, translated by Young Shil-ji and Daniel T. Parker. And, well, I think the title gives a hint of things to come. I gave the sun a long look because, well, you should never stare at the sun. Of course. But if you do, you're both struck by the beauty and the majesty of it, but you're also hurt by its brightness and its power. Oh, it's a double-edged sword, I see. That's a literal translation in the title as well, giving the sun a long look. Heru ore parapuata. That reminds me, I think the one time I did that was uh, back in the UK where there was a solar eclipse. And you were told to like make a hole in a cereal box or something to look yeah, at the sun. Yeah, you should never look directly at the sun. Do not do Please that. don't. Okay, so is it a collection of different poems within one book? Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's this uh, poet, Yi Young-wang's 
poetry, a, a selection that all sort of link together. It's on themes of mortality and life and suffering and the difficulties of getting along, and they're really fascinating. Okay, Yi Yongguang, it's the first time we're shining a light on their work? It is. In fact, I think this is his only translated book of poetry available. Oh. There is, he's, he's got poems in an anthology, at least one anthology, but this mm-hmm. is the only book dedicated to him, so it feels appropriate to uh, focus on him. He was uh, born in Usung in Gyeongsangbuk-do province in 1965, and uh, he studied English literature at Korea University. Nice, back in the day. Yes, and then went on to get his graduate degree in Korean literature, and then made his debut in 1998. He won the Munyeh Jungang Literary Prize for his poetry, and he has gone on to write more and more and more. And... Uh, he actually remained at Korea University. He's a professor in media creative writing there. Oh, that's and, nice. And uh, I really like his poems. I think they, they, they speak to you in a very particular way. And we'll discover as we go through three different poems what I mean by that. Okie dokie, looking forward to it. The translators, I think at least one of these names rings a bell. Well, both of them should because we featured them exactly one month ago. Bad memory. <laughs> at the start of June. Um, they are a married couple. Uh-huh. Uh, they are um, Young Shilji and Daniel T. Parker. This is the third time featuring them on the show. We were talking about whale poetry. Do you remember we talked about the whales? Yes. Chung Ilgun. That was the last time we featured them. Oh, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, so they translate together. Young Shilji, a graduate from Kaemyung University. She's a freelance translator specialising in contemporary poetry. And Daniel T. Parker, uh, he taught at Kaemyung University since 2001. He's an assistant professor at their English language and literature department. They've had a number of translations going out, a lot of poetry. And so it feels like every time we feature them, it's always about some interesting poet and their collected works. Fantastic. Okay, everyone's on board now. We were a bit distracted with the footy earlier, but everyone's Can you not mention in, the football? in poetry mode. Darcy Ann is on board saying, okay, let's get to this. And Princess Mama Wolf, I'm not sure what this link to but says but paul matthews what happens if you own a son are you talking about maybe scaring children if like your kids were in the audience perhaps i think it would be even more fun no i i have to i have to say oh maybe she's talking about son as opposed to s-u-n S-O-N. Oh. You should never stare at the sun. I see what you mean. <laughs> Don't look at Geo. Sounds Whatever the you same. do, Peter. <laughs> he doesn't like me staring at him, to be honest. He's getting a bit moody at that age, isn't he? Uh, yes, we're talking about the sun in the sky. Uh, we're going to start off with a poem about what? Well, the title of the poem is Being Late, oh. uh, but we'll see what that means. Being Late. You know, I have anxiety about just that word you know as a broadcaster if you've got a live show you know at the office you can be late and maybe you get scolded it's okay though but when you're late for being on air you can't do it you cannot do it i i I have only ever been late once for a live broadcast what was the situation i feel this could be an interesting story Uh, my house was on fire That was gracious. Uh, somebody set our, our, our building on fire in the middle of the night. I was actually in hospital, and uh, I made it for the second hour of the show. You still went to the second hour of the show? The, the PD Nim said I had to go. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That is we, really... we don't talk anymore. We will definitely allow you not to come in on a Wednesday if your house is on Look, fire. don't worry. It wasn't Adidang. Let me just say, it yes. was definitely not Adidang. It was another station. Knock on wood. <laughs> okay, so let's find out. Is this an upfront poem about actually being tardy and late or not? Here's poem reading number one.
I talked about health with the person I had spent so much time to visit. We talked about how we had lived, how we would live, and money. After too much time, I came to myself, used the I'm so busy excuse, and we curtailed our stories. As we parted, I realized we had only discussed our work and our lives, but hadn't mentioned death. Let's die together. I couldn't summon that thought. My mind seemed to be a secret, corrupted. After I returned, by crossing ground and skies for several days. I felt every single word was wrapped in worry. There was no word without mind. There was no mind without a word. Separation had come late to me. And simply, I came late to the delayed separation. Ichigo Gang says, what book are we reading from today? It's a book of poetry with an interesting name. Yes, I Gave the Sun a Long Look by E. Young Gwang, translated by Young Shil Ji and Daniel T. Parker. A few messages from our listeners. We have. We got Raoul saying, OMG, how deep? And then surprised face or scared face or <laughs> upset face. Darcy Ann saying, oh, goodness, a bit hard to take. And Sophie saying, oh, my word, that's awful. He never took the time to take care of himself. The writer is suffering slowly from him being absent-minded about his own health. Oh, Very um, interesting thoughts. Yeah, Tropic Girl saying, I'm feeling he was maybe madly in love and didn't think anything was amiss. Thought it would be uh, till death do you part and he wasn't prepared for the split. As we can see, there's so many different interpretations here. I Until the halfway point, I thought I kind of knew where we were. And then it started talking about separation coming late to that. So the first part, the way I thought about it was yeah. maybe, you know, having a chat with your friend or an acquaintance, maybe wanting to get out of that situation, but realising, oh, we haven't talked about the important things in life. And mm. maybe, maybe death, one of the most important things in life that, to be honest, us as humans, generally, we don't really talk about that much. Yeah, I, th I think it's really curious. I, I want to I focus on the term late to start oh. off with. Because I think late, for me at least, has two distinct meanings. Uh -huh. So one is, we were talking about before, being literally late for sure. something. But the other meaning, when we use it for a person, the late whoever. Yes. Meaning the dead. Yeah, Someone who has passed away. Right. And they both feature being literally late, but also death as well features in the poem. Mm. And... It's really curious because you're absolutely right that we don't talk about it in normal conversation. And in the poem, talking about life, we're talking about money, we're talking about work, we're talking about health. But death is taboo. 
Yes. It's it, something that we know is coming, <laughs> yeah. but, but we, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's the only certainty in life. And I have listened to like experts talking about the subject, you know, and even when they're really kind of positive about it, as positive as they can be, it just makes you feel a bit odd, right? Just thinking about your impending doom and that's going to happen one day. I don't know if it's a good thing to talk about. Like, I'm all for talking about... Nearly everything. Yeah. But depending on your personality and if you get like caught in this cycle of just focusing on that and nothing else, maybe it is good to avoid it because, I don't know, it's not going to change anything talking about it. I don't know. It's the, it's the paradox of life mm. that we are here, but one day we won't be. And, <laughs> that, and that's, a, that's a terrifying thing mm. if we want to talk about existential dread. Yes. I've had moments of panic thinking about that. Of course. Um, But what's interesting here is like we have this conversation and then he leaves. Mm. And after he leaves, it feels to me like death has occurred. Uh, Somebody has died. Uh. But I'm not sure who. Mm. Is it his friend who's died, his lover? Or maybe it's him who's died. Literally? Yeah, that he's speaking to us from the afterlife. Uh. It's really difficult to tell. And it's really curious because for me, some poems and some poets... Are very straightforward. Sure. Like, here's the poem, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm talking about. And yes, there's deeper meanings, mm. but you get it. Yeah. Whereas for Yi Young Guang, I think I think this is more like a puzzle box. Oh. You've got to twist and manipulate and turn the poem until you can crack it open, mm. and then the answers inside are revealed. Oh. So I'm feeling the separation, I'm feeling the sadness, the realisation that something has come too late. But to be honest, I'm still digesting this poem. I feel like it's going to stay with me for a little bit longer as I try to work out exactly what he is trying to say to us. Yeah, there's a lot of layers here to be peeled back. Separation, then there was no word without mind, no mind without a word. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't faced up to my mortality in a long while. Maybe this is a good opportunity to do it. And, you know, with kids, I think it's actually easier to talk about it with my kids, especially my son. He does sometimes on a regular basis bring it up and like talk about what is it? How does it happen? How old are you when it happens and things like this? And obviously I, I can't be sure about what happens afterwards, but I give him all the details, you know, up front and he doesn't bat an eyelid and maybe that's something you have as a child you're more open to all of those things even if it is a little bit unnerving whereas as an adult when you're so uncomfortable talking about it you just want to avoid it maybe yeah and i think many people especially in their in their 20s or 30s won't even think about it Mm. it's as you start to get a little bit older (laughs) and you feel the clock is ticking you've climbed up the hill and it's all downhill from now on yeah that you have to come to terms with your own mortality and so E, it feels to me, is like he's that sort of poet who's sort of he's interrogating us and also interrogating himself and trying to work out exactly what's going on. Second poem, a similar theme? Uh, Well, this one's a little bit different. It's called A Little While Ago, A Little While Later. And, well, it's not about being late, but it is about missing out. Let's take a listen. Money and I are strangers, but once I was a debt collector. Oh, that person moved away a little while ago. I hurried after the call about my father's condition. 
My mother said, Oh, he passed away a little while ago. I could never beat a little while ago. Like a kid who runs back to school after going home for forgotten homework. I'd be sweaty and late for a little while ago. I didn't want to be late to your contorted and crying face. Whenever I lose to a little while ago, a little while later always follows. Just like the deadbeat had run far away. Just like my father had become only a corpse. <laughs> yes, I'm okay now, really, I'm okay. You already with a smile on your face. A little while later arrives and I want to wring its neck. It's a bit mind-bending, all this. Like, different perspectives on time, I feel. Like, a little while ago compared to a little while later. Maybe yeah. transforming into that as well. But it also, again, seems to have those themes of, again, death. Money as well was in the first one a little mm -hmm. bit in passing. And being late, right? Being there not a little while ago, but a little while later. Yeah, those missed moments. Mm. And... Um, I don't know, for, for this poem, it seems to pack in those thousands of regrets that we have about those times that we missed out. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. as you've said, the, the death of a loved one, not being able to say that, that final goodbye, or, or, or when he's talking to his lover and he knows he's missed the opportunity to comfort her. Uh -huh. um, and this poem, this, this really touched me. I'd, it got me thinking about all the chances I've missed mm. in my life. And I, I, think, I think we've all been there. And I started thinking about how I've let myself down, how I've let others down, even if it wasn't necessarily my fault. No, not deliberate as well in yeah. many instances. But th this poem se seemed to bring out these feelings from me when I read it. Mm. That was the visceral reaction to me. And I think that E really captures that, that frustration, that hurt, that, I don't know, and that twist at the end where suddenly the anger at a little while later... <laughs> That moment there, it, it feels to me it captures perfectly how upset we can be when we miss that chance. Mm. When the world has moved on without us and we couldn't do what we were meant to do, what we should have done. Yeah, you have nothing you can do with time, you know, being late for something. With many other things, you know, you could make it up, you could do it again. But if you miss one chance... It's gone. Right? It is. And it takes, you know, you know, the expression FOMO, fear of missing out. It uh -huh. takes it to a whole other level. Absolutely. You know, we are we are mortals. Uh -huh. we, we are not gods. Um, and we may be the masters of our own destiny. I don't think E will deny that. But uh -huh. we have so little control of everything else in the universe. And he does so well in bringing that out. How... No matter how hard we try, there are things we cannot change. Mm. There are moments that we will always miss. And we feel so angry and so frustrated about it. Yeah, maybe because we're so helpless, right? And uh, accepting that as a human being. I've been thinking a lot recently in the past year or so about that, about free will and whether it really exists at all. 
And it doesn't change anything, to be honest. Like, if you then miss an opportunity, you don't think, oh, well, I, it was inevitable. You still think, oh, I wish I had got that, right? As a human being, they're just your feelings, your frustrations that bubble over. Yeah. And I think also when we get older and we get to the end of our lives, the things we regret are not the things we did necessarily, but the things we didn't do. Now, I've heard that many times on the deathbed, like not spending more time with family and loved ones. Those are the biggest regrets, right? Not maybe not purchasing a luxury bag or car. I'm in London. I'm in Australia. Tokyo. The Philippines. Finland. Indonesia. New York. Arirang Radio. Radio. Now live in Seoul. I gave the sun a long look as it moved from east to west. Too bright to be seen. I watched it with all my might. When I raised my head while walking, it was approaching and growing more lucid. The completely naked secret passing by, the completely revealed darkness. I stared at it in tears all day long without blinking. This is rather extreme, this one, isn't it? But again, like, I'm getting a very unnerving feeling from all these poems, in a good way, maybe, making me feel a little uncomfortable, a little... Completive of my life and maybe impending death as well. Doesn't yeah, sound like a good idea to literally do. I, I hope this wasn't what anyone was literally doing, but maybe figuratively. Yeah, it is. It's called the Sun, and I think it, it it's coming from that that title of the book. Mm. I gave the Sun a long look. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's strange. It's it feels like some form of self torture. Just staring at it. Yeah, because. You you should not do that. You must not do it. But but those last two lines, I stared at it in tears all day long without blinking. Mm. It's I don't know. It's curious. This poem in particular is filled with contradictions. He's giving the sun a long look, but it's too bright to be seen. Mm. So I'm thinking, is this the end of his life? Uh-huh. Is this the loss of a loved one? Because uh-huh. you think of you know your loved one being this shining star. Mm-hmm. That you you can't help but 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 focus on that, that you can't take your eyes off. Sure. But it feels like this important journey, and he's getting closer and closer to it. And then he uses the phrase "the completely naked secret passing by the completely revealed darkness." It's almost oh. like there's a truth to be revealed. And like the same way that sometimes we can't we can't properly face a problem, even though we know we have to. Mm. When there's something that's bugging us, when there's a monkey on our back, a chip on our shoulder, we don't want to stare directly at it. But at the same time, we feel like we need to. And we know exactly what it is as well. This yeah. could be a little bit of imagery for death as well, being the the naked secret. We all know it's there. We just maybe don't look at it until, like you said, maybe it's towards the end of that journey. Uh, yeah, but there's a real beauty to it. It's, it's. I mean, you've got light as darkness. We look, but we cannot see. It's deeply, 
uh, philosophical. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kristen D, who's just joined us on YouTube, saying it seems pretty dark in here. Sorry, it, it isn't like this every week. Okay, uh, we are doing some poetry today, and it is yeah focusing a little on death, a little on lateness as well, and maybe looking back at things as well. And um, we've got lots of messages. Uh, Jackie Wong says. In life, you should just do it. You should just follow the thumping beats of your heart. Each thump reveals a hint, a sign, a breathing, maybe fleeting moment. That's, oh, that's good a, advice. A beautiful way of putting it. I've got yeah. Tropic Girls saying, uh, ah, deceased. That hadn't crossed my mind. I think this is talking about uh, the first poem, perhaps. Uh, and, and where do you go after? Does your spirit remain or is your energy passed into something else or reincarnated? So many different perspectives. If you don't... Embrace death, you're not living life to the fullest. I don't know if it's being a parent or getting older. I think it might well be a combination of both. But uh, I'm more and more, when I do think about, you know, moving on to whatever's next, I feel more at peace, especially when I look at my, my son and my daughter. And I just think, I just, I sometimes think about it scientifically. I'm like, you're half me. So there's two of you. So there's a whole me out there. And, and that, that's OK. a y You know, you'll continue whatever this is. And, and also just thinking about it. Yeah, scientifically, you, you don't disappear like even your actual atoms and stuff. They'll go on to be different things, maybe different living things as well. Yeah, but I don't have kids. You've got cats. Yeah. They're all you. They're not me. They're definitely you. That's your DNA. They're adopted. I know how you created those little furballs. Uh, another message. Uh, Rising Lotus Wind says, that's pretty traumatising as a kid when you talk about death if they aren't prepared for it. I guess I'm going to heaven since I'm already living a hell on earth. <laughs> um, uh, it is true. I think d- different kids approach it in different ways. Mm. But, but it's like Gio wanted to talk to you about it. It's mm. not like you're forcing him to confront no. this issue. No, I don't bring it up deliberately. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's good if kids, if kids have an interest, if they want to know about it, it's good to talk to them. But mm. yeah, it's when they're ready. Absolutely. And yeah, Gio's interesting because he was around when my father was around just as he was passing away and, and going through his illness. So I think Gio's very realistic about it. Whereas Ellie, yeah, she doesn't broach the subject hardly at all. And maybe that's, yeah, the average kid who doesn't have someone die young in their life. It might not come to mind at all, right? I remember when I was young, though, I used to lie in my bed thinking... what happens when my parents die? And then what happens when I die? And I tried to imagine dying and then it felt really black and empty and I just avoided it. But yeah, everyone's got a different perspective, different way of thinking or dealing with it as well, I suppose. Absolutely. It depends on your culture. It depends if you're religious or not. There are all sorts of aspects, but it's the one thing that we share in common. Mm. It's all going to happen to us, no matter what. And what's really interesting is that These poems, they speak to me. They they, they take a while to digest. I mentioned them being like puzzle boxes. But Mm -hmm. I think, as I said, the older you get, the more philosophical you get. And I think here in Korea in 2021, life is digital and life is distracting. Um, And we spend too much time in front of a screen sort of playing games or doing work or worrying about social media. And we don't take enough time to contemplate how we're actually doing emotionally or spiritually. I think that's what it does. It stops you from thinking. And I think maybe you just don't want to think about it on a subconscious level. So you just want to be on a screen, right? Yeah. So so E, in a way, he's capturing these feelings that we've shut away, that we've repressed, that we've put into the closet at the back of our minds, this anger or pain or humiliation that we've all experienced and we all will experience again and Mm. again and again. 
And uh, I, I find it fascinating that they're sometimes like a cry for help. They're sometimes like a, a questioning of the self. Mm. They're sometimes they feel like therapy. Um, yeah. uh, you, we're talking about my, you know, when I was late for the radio. That time my house burnt down. Yes. Well, it didn't burn down, but uh-huh. it was uh, it was a very traumatic experience. And I was lucky enough afterwards to to find an English speaking therapist. Oh wow! And went for therapy because it was a very disturbing incident. Of course. And what happened to me was was with the, the therapist. I learned how to open up to myself, how mm. to start questioning myself, how to start. analyzing my experiences and my feelings and sure. there was something about it in this poetry collection that spoke to me in that way this yeah. feels like therapy and i highly recommend it as well as human beings we need someone to talk to we need someone to provoke us to try and get these answers out of us yeah just don't bury it deep down within which is you know easy to do you might just think oh I'll just put it off for now i don't want to think about that you know i want to be in a good headspace And then that can become like weeks and months and years. And then there's something that's kind of festering there, right? Yeah. So, so don't put it off. Um, follow the advice of the poet. And mm. uh, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul, as ever, thank you for this deep, well, this week, dark dive into literature. Oh, thanks, as always, to Asia Publishers and the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thanks to E. Young Gwang for his curious poetry, to Young Shil Ji and Daniel T. Parker for their beautiful translation. I will be back again with another book next week. Goodbye! You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Arirang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.